Hello and welcome to Life Changing Science, the Bible's podcast. I'm your host, Zishan, and my guest today is Susanna Doncor. She has done a great job in her academic pursuits, graduating from Simmons with a bachelor's degree in biochemistry and in her industry-oriented work opportunities, landing at Mass Biologics in the summer after apprenticeship with Bibolder. She is currently working as a scientist in cell line production at Orion Biotech after graduating from college. And even more recently, she has signed on to mentor the Bibolder Club, so her contributions continue to grow. As we embark on this episode, a heartfelt thank you goes out to all our listeners who have supported and shared our podcast. This episode marks the culmination of season three, and we're excited to return in 2024 with even more life-changing science. Your continued support and sharing are instrumental, so please keep championing Biobuilder. Now, let's dive right into this episode. You had done um, like a research project at Harvard Medical School. I'd like to start there. Uh, could you tell us a bit more about that? And which, you know, was that in your junior year of high school? Uh, it's, it's. I, I think it was a cool experience. We'd love to hear more. Yeah, of course. So they actually both started in my senior year of high school. And one thing I really loved about BLA is we had a career center and it wasn't just geared towards job. It's actually geared towards like um, internships and anything like related in your field. So our career person would send us emails related to STEM at hospital jobs. And the first one that popped up was HPREP, which is the Harvard Recruitment Health and Exposure Program, if I got the acronym right, because it's been a few years. But um, it, it's similar to BioBuilders in terms of like writing an application, but it's actually geared to introducing students who normally wouldn't have the opportunity at somewhere like Harvard Medical School to the world of medicine and health as well as how to apply to college FAFSA the whole nine yards because unfortunately a lot of students are first-gen um, college students so having the right tools aren't always presented to them or even at school um, as well as you know on Saturdays um, we got to hold human organs I don't know how many students in college or even in high school get to hold human organs and one of my prize possessions is a picture with me in the human brain because at one point I thought I was going to be a neurologist for years a neurosurgeon actually and um we'll, we'll touch upon that later but uh obviously I'm, I'm keen to seem keen to poke more there uh but I then I as well in the program we also had to propose a research idea and Mine was on Huntington's, and that was my first time with experience researching science. Like, I've done research for papers for, like, English class and sociology, but that was my first hands-on experience on doing background research and, you know, having the possibility to cure a disease or find a solution to a problem. So a couple months later, because that ended in January, we got another application sent to us for biobuilders, and... I was really intrigued with the whole synthetic biology thing because when you think of synthetic and high school, you think of fake. So I was like, how can you actually incorporate the two? So I decided to cast my net, cross my fingers, you know, and hope that I would make it in. And that's how I started biobuilders. You mentioned, you know, clearly you always had this sort of scientific curiosity. Um when and you said you know I wanted to be a neurosurgeon or go into like the neuroscience space. When did that first uh, come about? Did you have like si- you know maybe siblings that were also into science, um, or 
so you know, for me, it was like watching the eighty. The, I think it was in the eight seventies or eighties, the Carl Sagan show in like Cosmos in like grade five, um, yeah. and that's what got me into science. Is there like a, a similar moment for you um, that got you yeah. into maybe the neuroscience space? Yeah. So um, I'm an only child for sure. So I I grew up alone and with my imagination a lot. So you know. My first encounter with a doctor that I admired was when I was about five at our local, um, I forget what you call it, but it's kind of like a health clinic, but not a hospital. And she was the first black doctor, female that I have ever met. And she was the sweetest lady ever. Um, she was so nice to me and so caring. And I was so intrigued by what she did. So, you know, it was always in the back of my mind. And then I started watching shows like House when I was younger, like seven, eight. And like the TLC, seven or eight. Yeah. Oh my I mean, god, I love that. I, yeah, I mean, my mom didn't, you know. <laughs> um, and then it kind of just blossomed from there to me being a doctor for like three Halloween straight, and I'm moving forward on a little like bag. I got a toy microscope when I was younger too, as part of my Halloween costume. But they really did not for me. Yeah, and um, my. I want to say my godmother actually spent Saturdays going to the Museum of Science with me, exploring scientific concepts. So I spent a lot of my weekends and vacations, like, studying or learning about science and that. So it's, I've always loved education, so it, it kind of was already there. But I was also always into helping people. I always wanted to make a difference. I, um, you know, my mom... Or not my mom, but my family works a lot in the healthcare, so I, I have firsthand experience with that and dealing with people who are sick or ill. And for me, when you want to help people, but you're also you show some sort of empathy to those who are in need of a scientific solution, it just blends together. And for me, that was I wanted to become a doctor, and um. In seventh grade, seventh or eighth grade Latin class, I remember it was it was before Thanksgiving or Christmas break, and our Latin teacher showed us a movie called *The Gifted Hands*, based on Ben Carson, the first Black Mars surgeon, as an example of heroes. And when I saw that movie, I was like, "Wow!" All the stuff he overcame was, you know, dealing with his family matters, obviously racism, um, being a first-gen student, kind of resonated with me, and I was like. If he could do that, why can't I do that? Especially as a woman, um, breaking barriers and the solutions he came up with that no one else had been able to come up with was amazing to me. And I think that that kind of incorporates what science is, finding innovative solutions to problems or looking at it from different angles. Let's yeah, let's dive into the BioBuilder Apprenticeship Program. Um, this is, you know, a program I've read a lot about, I know a lot about. And what what's cool is everyone who I've talked to have gone to the program has obviously benefited a lot and helped them in their careers. But also they've they've all taken something different from it that's unique to themselves. Yeah. Uh, which I thought is is was really, really cool. Tell us about I don't have to go into like the super details, but tell us yeah. about, you know, the apprenticeship challenge. Like how long was it? Uh what type of research did you do? Um yeah, let's start there. Yeah, of course. So the apprenticeship challenge, if I can remember correctly, was about two months because I started it March, April and graduated May 18th. So the whole point is an apprenticeship where you 
shadow or you learn from someone the skills in order to use those skills later in the same position or in a similar field. So the basis of the program is you go twice a week, um, actually three times a week, two times during the work week and every Saturday morning. So the work weeks were dedicated to actually teaching us about the world of synthetic biology, you know, basic chemistry, um, molar, Avogadro's number, just so as you're doing the work, you can actually learn from it because it's one thing to teach someone the skills, but if the knowledge is not is not supporting or backing it up then it kind of defeats the point so that's you know and on Saturdays we learned our lab skills and we practice you know running PCRs and um, gel electrophoresis to practice for possible internships or possible careers we would have and the base of the apprenticeship program is um, towards the end you and your group mates develop a synthetic biology project for it's sort of like a research proposal if I had to compare it to anything. And at the end of the program, the very last day, you give a presentation to the rest of the group, as well as your family, your friends, and actually other scientists from companies with the hopes of being offered an internship. So I I actually still had my research poster up until last year when I moved because um, I think it got like destroyed or damaged somehow. And I, I did my presentation on um, water conservation and strawberry plants. I think it always surprises people because they're like, you're into medicine and health. Why did you do water conservation? Well, I think it's important to note one of the reasons I want to become a doctor is to touch people on a global level and alleviate the inequities that we see across the board, whether that's in food or um, climate slash global global change that we're experiencing right now or the health access that they need. And I think in order to tackle that, why not focus on food insecurity as well as agriculture, which we see a problem in second and third world countries due to global warming and climate change, which isn't their fault. So the whole point of our project was to pick the crop that uses the most water. And if you can alter the genetic coding to reduce the water consumption, then you can apply it to other plants and send the regenerated seeds or crops to those countries where in terms of a drought or any extreme weather conditions that they're not used to, they will be able to continue their livelihood and thrive, which I think can be that concept or the motivation behind our project can be applied to medicine and research today. how, how did this, you know, this project is, uh, it gets a group project towards the end of the apprenticeship program. How does yeah. the sort of conversation start to like work on something on this, at this scale? I mean, sorry, I know it was a few years ago, but how, I, I would love to hear about the process of, you know, you have like 20 or 30 students part of the apprenticeship program. Yeah. Uh, how, what are some of the conversations that are going on in that room? Regards, so, you know, to projects. Yeah, of course. So it actually starts off with us being paired with like random group mates. So you're not with friends that you need, but with a random group. And I think that forces you guys to come together more and work um, more collaboratively, which we see in the world of actual science. And the way the conversation starts is basically pick anything that your mind comes to that you can solve with synthetic biology. So we somehow came to the conclusion of agriculture because I think we were all pretty big on global warming. And I think 
even though I can't remember what the other groups did um, in past presentations that I've got to for former students when I graduated, I've seen dealing with, you know, lactose intolerance, dealing with um, egg allergies, dealing with asthma. You know, the world is their oyster when you're a student with um, synthetic biology on your hands. So because we had learned, you know, team um, transcriptions and what you can do with like TFP proteins to to replicate what happens when you engineer cells or you engineer the cell working, that's where it started because it was like, give us the background research, give us your hypothetical experiments, your methods, your materials. What do you need to carry this out? Kind of like a research proposal. If you're asking for grant money, how would you do this? And I think it's a really great building block for anyone who wants to start in the science world because whether you want to go into research or whether you want to go into medicine, you need the basis of knowing science and how to work it to be able to apply yourself in either of the fields. I wanted to, you, you mentioned that, you know, uh, at the end of the apprenticeship program, there's a presentation and you're presenting. For, I love how, you know, it's not only the Bible, there are people that are there, but your friends and your family, everyone sort of comes together to sort of, you know, see what, uh, what science you're doing and also potential, you know, employers. <laughs> which is which is awesome. Uh, I want to talk about the year immediately after BioBuilder because, you know, that's your senior year. So, you know, you've got the apprenticeship program, you've got the SATs, you've got the college applications. Um, so <laughs> how, how, one, great job on managing all of that, that's I'm sure. Looking back, you're like, <laughs> that was a very challenging, I'm sure. How did the apprenticeship program experience sort of shape sort of which college did did it shape which college you wanted to apply for which major I mean I'm sure the conversations were going on amongst all the students and you know uh, the teachers and mentors at Bible because it's such a stressful time so so what's interesting about my college experience is when I had initially applied to Simmons University I did not know what the school was it was one of those things where my advisor was out. So we had a student, like a college student or intern in, 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 in her place. And he was like, have you ever heard of Simmons? There's this really great scholarship opportunity that's available. So I had applied for the scholarship and got, got an interview. But the ironic thing is I was in the middle of BioBuilders when I got my interview. So I got to talk about BioBuilders in my interview um, and well, I was interested in science, so I originally went into Simmons being accepted into the neurology, like my major being neurology. But after BioBuilders and a couple of years there and sort of going back into the world of research, I changed my major to biochemistry because I believe biochemistry is a building block of all sciences. Yes, it's biology. Yes, it's chemistry. But as someone who's a pre-med student and was a I knew I wasn't going to medical school straight out of college. I knew I wanted to hop back into research. It only made sense for me to focus on biochemistry. And I'm I'm very happy I did because it's helped me so much in understanding the work that I do. Because something I struggle with is yeah. being able to do the work but not knowing the building blocks behind it. So, yeah, BioBuilders did shape what my major was and has ultimately shaped my 
trajectory in the career and ultimately my future, which I'm so grateful for. So, so, so grateful for. Love it. I'm biochem major as well for my undergrad. <laughs> Straight after the apprenticeship program and once you completed high school, you did a few internships. I think it was at Mass uh, Biologics Lab and also at Indigo. Um, was this the summer before you started at Simmons or was this during? Uh, how did yeah. first, actually, sorry to interrupt, actually, how was, how did you land the first Mass Biologics internship? How did that happen? Yes, nice biologic. So um, I think it's either one of the science. It wasn't a scientist. It was, I believe, her name is Peggy. Peggy was a recruiter slash worked in HR at NAS Biologics and came to watch us present. So that's how I caught her attention. And for that, she emailed Natalie saying she was interested in our, our presentation, but and me and one of my group members, I believe. I can't remember if she was in my group, but two or three of us actually landed at Biologics through that presentation because it, I guess they were very impressed with our ability to speak, which is very important. Um, but our knowledge and our confidence in what we were talking about, so, which I guess translated well in being an intern in research. So I did mass biologics my summer before college and I was the product discovery intern um and the funny story about that is my PI or my scientist was gone for the first month of my internship in Italy so it was kind of like finding my way through the jungle and my first big girl job like my first science job because I had no idea what I was doing but funny story is after finishing college and biochemistry and all the classes I now understand what I did at that internship so it translates well and I guess you had is it fair to say that the set of foundation to allow you to like sort of go into the unknown which you know a lot of science you know synthetic biology industry there's a lot of unknown you're doing experiments for the first time and it's there's so much critical thinking involved um and there's a bit of it can be intimidating uh working in industry right stakes are higher <laughs> it's a bit more professional um how how did uh biobuild your apprenticeship program experience sort of help you to navigate um, not only the science but also just yeah navigating industry for the first time at mass biologics at indigo yeah, um, I think one thing Natalie really focused on was professionalism in the workplace, which I, I feel like most people don't think of when you're teaching high school students since I biology, but being able to navigate yourself in the science world, I think it's slightly different than than the regular workforce because I feel like science has a bit more leniency in the way we operate, but you're also supposed to hold yourself to a certain standard and like accountability because in science it's okay to make mistakes what's not okay is to take accountability to say what the mistake was because we can repeat an experiment but if we have false false data then that can put us in trouble no matter what stage you're in phase one clinical trials or you're starting from the bottom so that that's one thing Natalie focused on which I carried through my general life, but also my, my science life, I think sometimes when you're starting out, 
as a student or so young, you're kind of afraid to be like, hey, I messed up this experiment because you think you're going to be yelled at, but they welcome that because I can't tell you how many times I've messed up big experiments. Hey, I'm one of those people, but but the amount of times I've discovered some things from my accidents have been wicked insane. Like, you would never expect it to happen. Yeah, um, side story, I remember I dropped my cells once and thought I killed them because it started dying. And it wasn't me. There was just something genetically wrong with the cells. So, hey, you know, mistakes. Woo, let's go. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is so great. But yeah, I think um, it, being able to carry that into mass biologics, but also through Simmons and, you know, through my thesis and my last two science jobs have been, you know, have really helped me. I think it's really helped me learn better from my mistakes because now when I make mistakes or I know that something's not working or I have a question, I take it back accountability. I ask questions. I'm not afraid, but I also go out and do my own research and you know talk to people who might have better knowledge than me to see if my findings corroborate with theirs to see like what what else we can do um i'd love to ask you a bit about your current position you're uh you're working as a scientist in you're working in cell line production at orion no or orion orion yep orion orion biotech um tell us about that role so Cell line production, uh, yeah. What what's what is cell line production, and what does yeah. a, uh, the the company do? Yeah. So my technical title is associate scientist, but you know everyone's just when you're working. Scientist. Yeah, scientist. Right. So basically, if I can explain this correctly, you know, forgive me, Greg, who's our CEO, if I don't get the word right. But what we do is we focus on corneal endothelial diseases, which affects the eyes and Basically, you know, sometimes you get disease in your cornea and that really affects your vision and clouds it. So what we work on is a specific drug product that we apply to donor corneas that we get. So what happens is when you're an organ donor, you donate parts of your body, like your eyes. So what happens is, you know, we get the peeled cornea from the eye and we break that down into just the cell because your cells form a tissue and we can't really work with that tissue, so we have to use, you know, certain proteins to digest the the components that hold them together. And then we treat them with a specific drug, which improves the morphology of the cells as well as the, um, I always forget this word, but the way the cells, you know, rapidly reproduce. And at the end of it, when the cells are healthy enough, what we do is we take the patient's you know, you make a small incision and you inject the cells or the drug back into their eye. You know, you let them lay down for two hours and over yeah, time yeah. their vision improves from what when it was. So funny thing about Ariane is the company was acquired from Japan. So at the time, clinical trials in Japan had already occurred. And then we did clinical trials in El Salvador. So now we're currently in our phase one clinical trials in the U.S., um, which is going great. Ooh. So what... Yay. So what I do in cell line production is basically what it sounds like. I produce cells. I produce a lot of cells. Um, I can't tell you how many different donors that we have. I think we're on, we have hundreds, 
we we have at least you know hundreds that were going on with so you know from when the tissue sample comes in to breaking them down to pleating them to growing them passaging them treating them with the drug making sure they're healthy running analysis on them to having them readily available to other members of the team because we're research and development so then you have you know production um i think it's called production and then you have analytical you have qc so we're basically like the basic component we provide the cells to everyone and we model um our our sop so anytime a new sop is developed we model it to see if it can be used in our gmp mm-hmm. facility i, I love know, my i job. can just see i i love that uh and you're getting to you know Coming back, you know, throughout your life, you've mentioned how you want to help people. You want to mix science and technology with medicine and, you know, went through BioBuilder, went through you know, all the internships and uh, at Simmons with, uh, with your biochemistry major. And it's, yeah, it's, you know, thank you for like sharing this journey. It's it's so wonderful that you're getting to, you know, literally change people's lives and also advancing science forward. And speaking about like life-changing science, uh, which is, you know, what Biobuilder is all about, uh, you are returning to Biobuilder as a mentor. Woo! Yeah. Um, that's it's it's that's going to be a great opportunity just to you know give back and be a teacher, which is in itself uh, going to be a big challenge, but also super exciting. Yeah, I'm so excited to be a mentor because for years I've been um, asking Natalie. I was like, oh yeah, you know, let me know if you need help with teaching or anything, and then the mentorship program popped up and I was like this is like I shine because I love mentoring people anytime someone comes up to me and asks me a question like how can they get started at anything I'm readily available to give them resources because that's what I would have liked when I was their age so you know just building up the next generation but being a biobuilders mentor is so amazing I've met my groups I have two groups um this year yeah nice I love them they're the sweetest they're the sweetest um young adults ever i don't want to call them kids um young adults (laughs) their ideas are so bright like the ideas they've come up with to propose you know i would never think of it um i like how they're not limiting themselves i like how they're aiming to make it change and yeah it's it's an amazing program to be part of and to give back too because more people should know about biobuilders more people should be involved in biobuilders to see the changes that we're making in the world because each graduate of biobuilders whether the apprenticeship program or the actual biobuilder club is going to reach you know it's going to reach the world on a global level i know it means the same thing but what i mean is there's so many of us who can touch different corners of the world to make a difference so the more you feed into a program like this, the more your outcome is. Thanks once again to Susanna for joining me today. It was such a pleasure hearing about her BioBuilder journey and, and how it shaped her career trajectory so far. What I found really insightful was Susanna's explanation of why, despite aspiring to a medical career, she chose to engage in a water conservation project during the apprenticeship program. Her primary motivation for pursuing a medical profession is to address the pervasive inequities observed in various domains, such as food, climate change, healthcare, and hence that's why she found it very relevant to pursue the water conservation project. 
This episode provides valuable insights for anyone keen on understanding the profound influence BioBuilder can have on a student's career path, relevant for parents, educators, and aspiring BioBuilders alike. If you would like to learn more about anything Suzanne and I discussed today, please refer to the show notes. Join me for the next BioBuilder podcast. We'll welcome another wonderful guest whose career has been influenced by BioBuilder's life-changing science. See you next time.